psychedelics are illegal not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Or is it perception? Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. Of the ayahuasca journey. We are not interested in being regulated so, by the state. Just, just to mention the, the podcast, the you know, just to keep it keep it going, down. keep it afloat, things like that. Just um, if you want to support, please just go to um, iTunes. If you have iTunes, uh, just log in there. Give me a, a nice five star rating. Leave a little review. It really tremendously helps the podcast. Uh, grow and you know if the podcast grows and we get more listeners and, and more people i'll be able to uh have uh, bigger guests on and and do just really cool things that i want to do provide you guys with some really awesome content um i love this stuff it's my passion so um i want to put everything i have into it and if you really love the show you can go to my uh, you can go to my website mikebrank.com i have a patreon link there patreon is a like a donation service so um you can go there and you can donate and there's all kinds of rewards for for your people um if they donate like if you donate a dollar or five or ten um you get different things, different levels of uh, rewards. So that's it. Just want to get that stuff out of the way before we, we dive in deep. And um, yeah, that's it. Basically, just um, if you like the show, just uh, show me some love. Show me some support. Leave a rating, a review on iTunes. You know, subscribe, uh, that sort of stuff. Share it with your friends. Um, retweet, you know, like, favorite, all that all that stuff. That's really all, all I ask. Um, and uh, let's let's just make this thing grow, and let's let's turn it into something awesome that uh, that you know I know that uh, could serve a good purpose. You know, we we oftentimes you know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different kinds of strategies, I guess, uh, that people have to kind of try and benefit uh, the world. This is mine, so <laughs> support my my strategy. Appreciate it very much. Okay, love you all. Thank you so much. Excellent. So, where we last left off, we had just arrived to the beautiful, the wonderful, the majestic Temple of the Way of Light. Ayahuasca Retreat Center Facility. What an amazing place, really. Just absolutely, I can't say enough about this place. So we had hiked quite a bit and 
um, you know, it was pretty hot and we have our rain boots on. Everyone's getting all muddy and hiking through the muck. And finally we get there and there's this little bridge and I kind of knew we were getting close because I, I started to see kind of like more well-groomed, like, um, or not well-groomed, but just like plants that were like really nice and beautiful and flowers. And the temple grounds, they have just amazing plants and flowers and all kinds of beautiful um, nature all around there. So it was, uh, it was cool. And we got there and there's this little bridge and you kind of walk over the bridge and everybody was there to greet us, to say hello. So all the uh, shamans, the, the maestras and the maestros and the facilitators were all there to greet us. And it was nice. It was very nice. And I noticed uh, when I was walking in, one of the one of the maestras, one of the shamans, she she kind of like gave me a, a smirk, and I don't know. I felt like kind of a connection there. Like she kind of was like, "Oh, welcome," you know. Um, There's such amazing, beautiful people. The the shamans that they have there, and the the temple, of the way of light uh, for the ceremonies that that we were attending. They have five. Uh, shamans that work there and five shamans that, that attend to you and to heal to you. And there are three uh, women and two men, which is amazing, really. I mean, I, I know some places you probably go to, maybe they only have one, you know, they have one shaman or two. I mean, this place you have five. It's pretty incredible. Everything about this place is really actually incredible i mean i'm so i feel so grateful i feel so fortunate you know as, as in the last episode i talked about my journey how i found out about ayahuasca what led me to do it and then how i booked this other retreat and then got a bad feeling canceled and then saw that there was magically a spot opened up at the temple of the way of light and i was able to reserve that spot i, I just felt so fortunate and, and grateful and I don't know I guess also kind of like maybe there was some kind of cosmic synchronicity or something happening you know the temple of the way of light I'm just going to spend a little bit of time just talking about the temple of the way of light now it's called the temple of the way of light but it's not like a religious place or anything like that it's you know it's not about any, there's no like dogma or, or anything involving uh, that kind of stuff. You know, I'm not I'm not a religious person, but I am kind of um, a, I guess uh, it sounds cliche. You hear it all the time. Uh, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. But I am. I mean, that's I believe in something. I believe in an energy. I believe in something exists. I just don't know exactly what it is. I might have a vague idea. Maybe I experienced something in one of the ceremonies that gave me a clue. But I'll save that for a later episode. But anyway, there's no like religious dogma. There's no, you know, it's 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 not like a church or anything like that. What it is is an amazing archaic kind of revival. Like Terence McKenna talks about this archaic revival. And I had, you know, I've been thinking about this. It's like Whatever, however history has progressed, whatever has happened, happened for a reason. And I feel like now, like we have this amazing ability now, and I, and I hope the future turns out to be this way. It's a call back to nature. 
but using kind of the information, the technology that we've come to, to learn, the knowledge that we've acquired over the years to integrate back into natural, traditional ways. And the Temple of the Way of Light really embodies this. You know, they really take all of the knowledge that they can from all different parts of life and mesh it together with, while, you know, while honoring and respecting traditional Shipibo shamanistic uh, ayahuasqueros and their healing abilities. And the place is really an ethical, credible, just really serious, but also playful, fun, um, healing facility, you know? It's a healing facility. And, you know, one of the realizations that I had from this trip, no pun intended, was that it was actually not a trip. I mean, the, I, I, like ayahuasca has psych a psychedelic component to it. But it's so much more to just simply to call ayahuasca a drug or a psychedelic or to say like, oh, I'm going to go do ayahuasca or something like that is a d disrespectful and inaccurate. And I, I understand that now. You know, it's, um, it's not something that you would take recreational uh, in a recreational setting to trip. Uh, and, and if it's hard for me, I mean, like people will say that because maybe they don't have an understanding of it, but, um, it's okay. They'll, they will gain an understanding of it if they pursue it further. But what it is, is it is a medicine. It is a medicine made from, from plants. It is a natural plant medicine and it's a healing agent. And the ayahuasqueros, the, the maestros, the maestros that work there, they have a real deep knowledge of all the plants that are around that they work with, of ayahuasca. And they're like, they're like, they're, they're like a famous, they're like a, like Leonard Bernstein, you know, like, a, or something, you know, like a famous, like, powerful uh, composer you know like composing like an orchestra you know they're it, they have that kind of quality about them but they also have like the meticulous kind of like surgical detail of a physician and the knowledge of a physician you know the knowledge that the doctor would have it's this amazing combination of uh of, of like a scientific medical dance that they embody But the Temple of the Way of Light is is such an amazing place. I, I can't I, I can't I can't tout it enough. You know, I just I feel so fortunate to have gone there and to have had the experience there for my first time, especially. And I and I wish to go back there. Um, in fact, I, I wish I was still there now. Um, it's really really remarkable. I mean, just the things that they're doing there, the things that they're involved in. I mean, this is not just a place to go to just drink ayahuasca and just have like a 
crazy experience. I mean, maybe that that happened to some people that went there. Maybe that's what they got out of it. But this is not this is not just a singular entity. This is a whole. This is a complete vision that is like an octopus with like tentacles reaching out into all different directions. I mean, they're they're partnering and participating with um, a the ayahuasca defense fund, the ICERS organization, um, which is doing tremendous, tremendous things. I mean, I couldn't be more happy to know about this place. The, uh, the ICERS, um, which stands for, um, the, um, shit. <laughs> well, it stands for something. I'll remember it in, in a, uh, in a little bit, but they, they're basically an organization that is, um, helping to, legitimize the medical medicinal holistic healing uh use of ayahuasca to kind of educate to provide uh information and statistics and data to i you know governments and basically people that don't really understand what this thing is what ayahuasca is you know the people that would classify this as a schedule one drug and and things like that so this organization uh the icers uh, organization is doing tremendous work. I mean, they're, they're a real, like, you know, strong warrior out on the forefront battling for fighting for good there. It's ICERS stands for the international center for ethnobotanical education, research, and service. So like, um, kind of like a maps almost it's like the multidisciplinary, uh, Association for Psychedelic Studies. I talk about them uh, a lot, and I, you know, but this is another place that now you're going to hear me talking about quite a bit, and I'm participating in their in their study because they're studying uh, and they're promoting public policy, basically based on on these kinds of medicinal plant medicines. So they're trying to kind of influence change, you know, work through the system. So they, I think they accept like donations and things like that. So I would highly recommend going to check them out. It's at I-C-E-E-R-S dot org, ICERS, and they're just one of those groups that's just, you know, like I tip my hat to them, like they're they're out there, they're fighting for a good cause, and they're trying to get ayahuasca approved and legitimized and provide, you know, provide information to people who don't necessarily know how to understand what ayahuasca is because these people are not going to participate in ayahuasca ceremonies and you know these uh government governing bodies and things like that you know they they only understand things in in data and facts and quantifiable measurable kinds of ways and unfortunately a lot of times there's reasons that are more nefarious for their outlawing of such substances. And I talk about this in a lot of other episodes. And that's one of the main things that this podcast is about is about, you know, fighting for our right for cognitive liberty. You know, I mean, I, I think that it's really important to provide all the information and the facts to show how uh, ayahuasca, marijuana, MDMA, all these kinds of uh, substances, medicines, uh, natural plant healers can be used in a positive way, you know, we can say like, look, look at these stats, look at what it's doing, you know, and I, and I mentioned this also on a previous episode about how, you know, a, a way in is also curing 
PTSD. You know, for a lot of those people who are on the right, who you know are the military supporting people and things like that, you know, they they would they would be more open to hearing about how soldiers could be healed or veterans could be healed from this sort of thing. So, the wonderful thing about these substances, these medicines, is that. There's so many positive benefits they can have for people if used in a responsible and respectable way. And this organization, ICERS, is fighting for that. I believe that they are fighting for cognitive liberty. I'm proud to support them and recommend them. And um, that's what we need. You know, that this is what we need in this society that we have now that is sick, a culture that is sick, you know, uh, everybody from, from birth to, you know, people need healing. And there's different ways that we can go about doing that. And one of the ways is to work within the system, you know, propose legislation, change policy, influence people. And that's really good. And I'm really glad that those people are out there doing that. So go check them out. Icers.org. Amazing. Fighting for cognitive liberty, fighting for our moral right to explore the contours of our of our own consciousness, as Jason Silva says in the intro music of this episode, without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. With obviously the benefits of healing in mind, because this is a tremendous healing plant. So the Temple of the Way of Light is involved in providing a place for these organizations to flourish. And the facility itself is amazing. It is, I mean, this place is, what they're doing over there, the, the, the compounds that they've created, the, the centers that they have, the facility, I mean, it's like, it's like, um, it's like a Xavier's school for the for the gifted, you know. It's like X Men. It's like a mutant academy, almost, you know. I mean, it's like a it's like a, a university where people can go, and they can get all kinds of knowledge by working with this plant medicine, by training with these master shamans, five master shamans, over the over just a short period of time. But also, the temple offers these longer periods of time they have the 12 day retreats they have the month long integrations they have three three month long work study programs where you can go and exchange your work for um you know for, for learning and, and participating in things there they have pr uh, amazing permaculture and outreach programs where they're giving back to all the communities you know um which is so important, education, uh, just amazing opportunities to provide for the people who live there, you know, the indigenous population, the, the, the people who are um, native to that land that live there. Nothing leaves the temple of the way of life. Like there's no, like they don't produce waste, which is incredible. I mean, it, it's, I can't, Begin to. I mean, it's just almost like words like aren't aren't doing it justice. It's just one of these places that is completely self sustainable, and I ne I'd never seen anything like it before. Uh, they have you know compost toilets and um, just everything everything that is had there. Even when you're you know if, when you're eating, the food is incredible. I'll I'll talk about that too. 
but even when you're eating, I mean, where you throw out your food and, and the bones for the, for the animals, for the dogs and, and things like that, everything gets used. Everything is sustainable, ecological, just harmonious with nature. I think it's a really beautiful thing. And the staff, I mean, just the people that they have there. They, 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 they're, they're so clear of mind. They're so tuned in. They approach every single person with an individual care and love. And there's a real serious level of attention that's given. I mean, it's not like... Like never, I don't think anybody that was there on my retreat like ever felt like left out or alone. Um, I fe I feel like the facilitators that we had uh, and the people that were there, everybody from the cooks to the the shamans to the yoga instructor, um, every single person there really knew your name. I mean, they knew your name, obviously. They, they got to know you. They gave you specialized, appropriate care and treatment. They always made themselves, uh, made themselves available for you if you wanted to talk privately about something. Um, and they really just like, I mean, I can't, I, I don't think I've ever been in a place with so much care and, and attention and love and compassion and integrity. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable, unbelievable, and it and it's and you can feel it. You know, the energy is just radiating out of these people. I mean, they are such amazing individuals. Yeah, I and I mean, what can I say? I mean, I feel absolutely so grateful for once again just being in the group that I was with, the people I was with, and I have to say. Um, and I will mention her by name because I, I feel like she deserves um, credit where credit is due. Uh, Dr. Tanya Mate, uh, Gabor Mate, uh, famous physician, New York Times bestseller, uh, addiction specialist, uh, Gabor Mate. This guy is a fantastic individual genius as far as I'm concerned and real pioneer in the space uh, of, uh, of healing medicines and, and addiction treatment and therapy. And I, uh, I'm just starting to crack into his work. I, I've heard, I, I have heard of him, but I'm just starting to crack into his work. And, and I got to say, if you're not familiar with Gabor Mate, you need to be, because this guy is really just, he really gets it. And he's blowing my mind. I'm, I'm reading one of his books right now, uh, in the realm of hungry ghosts, battle with addiction, uh, New York times bestseller, amazing book. So we were really, really fortunate to have his uh, daughter-in-law, Dr. Tanya Mate, as a guest facilitator at the at the Temple of the Way of Light. And it was my understanding that she was there to kind of pioneer a new approach to the ayahuasca ceremony, to the ex ex ayahuasca experience, that this this time around that we would be the first group of people that would have a heavy focus on the integration aspect of ayahuasca. Now, what does that mean? What does the integration aspect mean? That's a good question because people have been asking me that and I've been telling them, but this is so important 
Because as I said before, this goes way beyond um, just drinking ayahuasca and tripping. I mean, this is a multi-pronged approach. This is a multifaceted, futuristic kind of take on 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 things because we're not we're it's not isolated and just like gabor mate's work the reflection of of the of his work is is shown in this kind of approach it is a whole approach we're not just focusing on the mind we're not just focusing on you know the heart the lungs the, the whatever it's we're focusing on the entire human being everything and so the temple of the way of light nails it and they're doing it with everything as i mentioned and this this doctor, Dr. Tanya Mate, blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. I mean, so intelligent, so thoughtful, so attentive. Just really, we couldn't have had anybody better. I mean, it was like, you know, a miracle that <laughs> that she was there. Uh, I was really impressed, very impressed. I mean, the level of professionalism and just the logistics, the way that everything was handled and her approach was so fitting. Everything meshed and fit together. I I think she had worked with the temple previously, but I think this was the first time that she was kind of leading a workshop. Now, the integration aspect of it, what I was saying is this is not an isolated incident. We're not just going there and drinking ayahuasca and then forget, you know, whatever. This is drinking ayahuasca, dealing with what you, you know, and then processing it afterwards so you can have a better understanding of, of what happened, talk about it and share with other people. And that's what we did. I think that, that was what separated us from other um, retreats is that we actually sat around in a group every day and we talked about our experiences after ceremony. Each person voluntarily got to share what they experienced. And, you know, this amazing, intelligent, um, you know, doctor that we had there was able to really help guide us in such an amazing way that I really admire and respect because it's sometimes hard for me. I feel like I get frustrated and and I'll, you know, try and explain something to someone. I'll be like, what's wrong with you? Like, why don't you understand this? Like, oh, this is your problem, clearly. Like, duh, don't you see that, idiot? (laughs) But she's really like good at kind of questioning and leading you down the the path that, that to discover the the thing on your own. You know, she will question, well, what, how did that make you feel? And you know, where did you think that came from? And you know, did you ever think about it like this and that? And I just thought it was absolutely amazing. I mean, we were so blessed to have her there. She was tremendous. She was like a she was like one of the you know one of the shamans. And, uh, of course, you know, the, the other facilitators, I don't know if they want me to necessarily mention them by name, but they were amazing as well. So I'm not going to mention them by name, but they, they were absolutely incredible as well. So no, you know, so it, it, it was just, it was just phenomenal that we were able to have that and phenomenal that the, the temple provides that. It's just, um, you know, I can't, I can't say it enough. It's just, like I said again, it's not just about drinking ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is one aspect of it, but the, it's the ayahuasca. It's the shamans who sing the the ikaros, which is the songs they sing during ceremony for healing. They're songs that are 
they they get from the plants. They get these songs from the plants and they sing them, you know, to to us. And a lot of the times they're well what I should say is traditionally I think shamans were the ones that drank the ayahuasca and the people did or the you know the subject whatever you want to call it is the, the other person for healing didn't drink the ayahuasca only the shaman would drink the ayahuasca and the shaman would sing the the ikaros and they would sing it to the person and that so the ikaros is really something that they hold on to as being this tremendous healing energy this this song spirit that they sing and it's 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 really powerful it is really powerful So this place, I mean, it just blew my mind. I mean, right from the get-go. It's just a top-of-the-line place just with amazing master healers and plant medicines and just incredible stuff. And I was just like, I was just, I was just blown away. So I'll get to talking more about... Um, I mean, if you want to find out more about kind of like, you know, the Shipibo healers and and the people like that, I mean, you can go and you can look that up. I think it's worth uh, looking up. The uh, The facility, the work they're doing at the Temple of the Way of Light is absolutely incredibly amazing. I mean, this, you know, X-Men facility that they have there, this institute for, you know, medical kind of institute that they have there is, is incredible. And I really think that this is really the, the future. I mean, this is this is like something that's really mind-blowing so basically <laughs> we get there i'm blown away i'm experiencing all this stuff we start talking to i think the first day they had told us that we're going to sit in a uh, group and we're going to do you know we had lunch lunch was great i mean the food was tremendous the whole time i know i was last episode i was complaining but i had kind of gotten over that and they just made this amazing food it was all veggies lean like fish chicken it was just phenomenal phenomenal food um so the first day we get there and we're gonna you know sit down and we're gonna sit with the shamans and um the facilitators everybody's gonna sit together and we're gonna do a group kind of sharing they're going to introduce themselves to us and we're going to introduce themselves ourselves to them and the point of this is basically to just kind of tell them why we're here and what you know what what we're doing what we're why, why are we here and what, what do we need what 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 do we come seeking so they have a better understanding of of how to heal us you know similar similar to the way that you would go to a doctor and you would say well what bothers you and you would tell him and he would prescribe you something so that's exactly what we did so so we sat down we were in all met in the maloka that big you know it's kind of circular pyramid structure um and i was sitting i was sitting right at the top i think uh they i think they had organized our names and they said this is going to be the order that you guys are going to be sitting in this is going to be the order of sitting for the ceremonies and for everything. So we've designed it in this way and that's the way it is. And I asked them later on, I was like, how did you guys come up with this order? Was it like alphabetical or something or who, by who registered or I don't know what it was. They were just like, no, just intuition. We just had a feeling. We just would place certain people next to each other. And that's, that's what we did. So I was number one. I was in the first spot. So I was sitting at the top and I was sitting right next to, um, 
one of the maestras. Uh, that that the one that greeted me actually the first one to greet me and smiled and smirked at me when I walked in across the bridge, and she was knitting uh, this awesome like shipibo pattern on on this tapestry um, while we were sitting you know I guess no no time to waste always always working, but anyway they introduced ourselves and they speak traditional shipibo so the shipibo had to be translated into Spanish then the Spanish got translated into English so it was a little process there but we all sat and we learned and we listened and then it was our turn to go and since I I mean I was first so they were like hey. Let's kick it off. Mike, number one, go. Why are you here? <laughs> like, why am I here? Oh, well, okay. And I just do what I normally do. I mean, I'm not like, I just, this is who I am, and I'm just going to say why I'm here. I'm not like really worried. Look, I traveled all the way to Peru. I spent all this money. I'm all the way here. I'm three hours deep into the Amazon jungle rainforest. I mean, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to fuck around. I'm not going to like pussyfoot on like why I'm here. Like, oh, well, I don't know. I just want to have like a thing. I was like, look, I'm here because I'm fucking messed up. You know, I, I've got, I suffer from extreme chronic depression. I have severe ADD. I can't focus. I can't concentrate. I, I feel like life is meaningless. I, I fucking hate everybody. I, you know, I, wa I walk around aimlessly. I, I, I can't hold a job. I, I, I just feel like there's no purpose and no point to anything. I, I just laid it all out on the line. Everything. I just said exactly why I was there. I'm suffering from all these things. You know, I just feel shitty and I can never keep consistent with, with, things that I know that's good for me, but I always wind up quitting dieting and working out and just all kinds of things I know could benefit, you know, so I just, I just talked them, you know, maybe for like a couple minutes or whatever. And I kind of got the vibe that like everyone was kind of just like, whoa, holy shit. Like, and in fact, multiple people said to me after the, the sharing, uh, aspect, they, multiple people came up to me and, and said like, Hey man, thanks for laying it all out there. You really set the tone because I guess apparently what I did was by saying that, uh, by opening up. So, you know, by being so vulnerable and honest that it like encouraged other people to be that way as well. So after I went, um, everybody else kind of opened up and I feel really happy about that. I feel really like proud that I was able to like do that. You know I mean? Otherwise, like who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe people wouldn't have said why they were really there or had been really honest. So I, I hope that I could have helped and I hope that that made some kind of difference. And in fact, I, I know it did because a few people had mentioned, you know, privately and publicly that, that, uh, that was a big moment for them, for me being the first one to start, uh, the sharing and open up and talk about, how messed up and fucked up I am. So that was cool. So I, I felt good about that. Um, and like I said, I was just being me. I wasn't really, tr I wasn't like, well, I'm going to really get this thing started here. You know, give me a, give me some credit. You know, I just was being me. I'm just being honest. I just want to be as honest as possible. So anyway, so we did that and it was cool and then we go and I think we had dinner a little while after and dinner was amazing and you know the thing about the jungle is that it's like 
the, the, and the thing about the Temple of the Way of Light is like this is like this is a fucking great place that it's you know like I mentioned before sustainable and ecological and friendly and harmonious with nature and everything. That when the sun goes down, I mean the sun goes down. That's it. It's just there's no lights, there's no electricity. It's it's over. Go go to bed. You know it's like. So it's kind of nice, actually. It's kind of nice, kind of waking up when the sun comes up and going to sleep when it goes down. It's it's pretty pretty cool. And the night sky was really nice for a lot of the nights there. I mean, the stars are out. I, I just love, I'm a big sucker for a good night sky. I just, I, I can't get over it. And that's something that you just don't get to see here in New York. You have all these fucking shit steel buildings and everything. I mean, it, it really gets in the way of, of connecting with something bigger than yourself. You know, a lot of the times I look at the night sky and I just think, wow, like, what the fuck? This is crazy. What's out there, you know? And I love that feeling, that sense of, of magic and wonder that you get from looking at a starry night, if you will. So it was really nice. It was really cool. Everybody had little, uh, you know, we went back to our little tambos, their little huts. And, uh, you know, you get your bed in there and you got your toilet in there and you got your, uh, your mosquito net in there. And they got a little table and a chair and there's a fucking hammock in there. I'm like, this is awesome. Got a hammock in here. Got a little kerosene lantern. Got a table. I took out my art supplies, my notebooks. I brought these paint markers and everything because I knew that I would want to kind of, you know, paint something or draw something. Because, and I'm glad I did because a lot of the times the ceremonies that we experienced were just too much. I couldn't write them in words, so I was able to draw and paint something. So we had dinner. We go back to our tambos. You know, I'm looking at the night sky, all the jungle noises. I mean, the plate. It's just. I'm so happy to be there. It's great. Next morning, we got to be up. We get a schedule of kind of daily events. So next morning, we have to be up. We have to go to the the maestro's, maestro's casa, the sh- basically the shaman's house, their little house slash like laboratory. You know, it's like they have this little these little quarters where they sleep. And then they have like a little kind of, I guess the best way to describe it would be like a laboratory. I mean, it's a huge like, plant medicine laboratory they're you know they're they're debating with each other they're talking like oh well what about this what about that okay they're like gathering plants walking around the jungle gathering plants putting them in baskets bringing them back you know mashing things up mixing things making all kinds of elixirs and potions and stuff it was unbelievable so we had to be there at eight o'clock in the morning for something called a vomitivo (laughs) yeah I mean, automatically, I think everybody was like, wait a second, what are we doing? Like, what is this? A lot of people were like very resistant to this idea. They were like, oh, we didn't see that in the fine print or or whatever in the pamphlet. But basically what it was was we all got there, 20 of us or so, and we lined up. And the idea was to, correct me, I don't know if I'm exactly explaining it in the correct way, but I think it was like, so we drink this like warm like lemongrass tea out of a bowl, and then they have these buckets of water that are sta- that are positioned behind us, Th- and there's three of them. So three people go at a time. The rest of us are just waiting in line, like a like almost in like a dugout, kind of like a bench, like a like an open baseball dugout, like without the you know the wall or whatever behind you. It's just like a little bench. Everyone's sitting on the bench waiting. 
and it kind of I kind of wanted to ma- I wanted to make it fun. I wanted to make it like, you know, it it's it, it looked like it it was going to suck. So I wanted to make it fun, you know. I want I made it like a team event, like a sporting event, right? So basically what what it was was three people would go up at a time and you would get this warm bowl of lemongrass tea and you would chug it as fast as you could. And the point was that it would just, you know, it would go in and it would kind of, it's supposed to cleanse and clear your, your system out. I guess this is to get you in, in more preparation to be more open for the ayahuasca ceremonies. So then after you drink the lemongrass tea, you're supposed to reach behind you with the bowl, the empty bowl, and scoop up water, fill it up to the top, and then drink that water as fast as you can. And then fill it up again and drink again and then fill it up again and drink again. And the whole point was you're supposed to drink as many – like you're just supposed to drink bowls of water until you feel like you physically can't drink bowls of water anymore. Like it hurts because your body is so filled up with water. You, You physically feel like I can't go any further. And at that point, you must drink more bowls of water until you projectile vomit. <laughs> it was a fucking crazy experience. I'm sitting there. I wasn't the first one to go. I, I think I was like maybe second to go or something. So I'm sitting there and I'm standing. I'm standing there and I'm watching these three people who these three brave souls who went up first and. You know, there's people people that are looking on. Some of them are nervous and they're worried, and and some of them are like laughing. And I'm laughing. I'm like, this is crazy. So I'm like cheering them on. I'm like, come on, let's go. And then I start narrating like the experience, like it's a baseball game. I'm like, oh, here here he goes, taking another one down. Oh boy, like look at that vomit come out. Holy cow! See ya. Another vomit for you know. So I'm having fun with it. I'm like, that's I guess my my way of dealing with this crazy experience that we're going through. And so then I, I had to go up, and there was it was me and two other people, and I oh my god! I mean, this is just the weirdest sensation that you'll ever feel in your entire life. Just to be f- completely full of water after I chugged like three bowls of water, I'm like I like I felt like the feeling was like a kind of this weird like maybe almost suffocating kind of feeling and bloatedness. And then to force myself to drink more water um, <laughs> was the, one of the most uncomfortable feelings I've ever had. But I did it. I forced it. Uh, actually, before I went up, one of, the, one of the girls said, don't think, just drink. I said, okay. And I just projectile vomited <laughs> three or four times. And then the shaman says, okay, you're good. You know, you can go. You're good. And, uh, but I didn't go because there was a girl next to me who was struggling a woman next to me who was struggling and she, you know, was kind of tearing up and she couldn't really go through with it. And she was, Oh, this hurts. And you know, it does, it was hard. I mean, it was not fun. It was horrible, but I, I stayed there and I, <laughs> I said to her, I was like, I was like, come on, we can do this. You know? And I scooped up another bowl of water. I was like, come on, we can do this. If it makes you feel any better, I just shit my pants. So just know that. And she starts laughing and I think I I'd like to think I helped her get through it. You know, she eventually get, got through it. And I wasn't lying. I I actually did squirt a little turn out. I went to the bathroom afterwards. I mean, Jesus. So, 
that was a hell of an experience. Um, and that, that, that cleaned us out even further. That opened us up even further. That prepared us for what would be our first ceremony, which, which, which was that night. And, uh, yeah. So flash forward to 8 PM ceremony time. Everyone's in the Maloka. We arrive, it's dark, it's night. You have to have your, um, headlamps. You know, everybody has the headlamp they're walking around with because otherwise you wouldn't be able to see. And I, I arrive, I, I see the first, number one, first position, um, all the 20 kind of mattresses, I guess that I would call them. They're like thin mattresses, thin mattress pads on the floor in a circular around the middle in the, around the Maloka in a circle. And in the center, there were the mattress pads for, uh, the shamans and the facilitators. So the doctor and, uh, the other facilitator would sit there and the shamans were there and basically, so you have your little mat and then you have a little puke bucket in front of the mat and then you have an ashtray and then you have, um, this stuff called pusanga. It's like a flower water that's especially made for you and the shamans, they, they use it in ceremony and, um, so everybody's there. We're all set up, you know, comfortable clothing and whatnot. And, you know, it's just the anticipation is at this point. I mean, it's like, all right, this now we're finally fucking here. Like I'm going to drink this stuff. And I remember from hearing about ayahuasca, like I said, it was hard to suppress the expectations because I've just heard so much. But I remember hearing, I think it might have been from Graham Hancock, who was like, this is the most vile, disgusting thing that you could ever imagine you know, drinking. And I just remember just being like, all right, I'm going to be prepared for that. I'm going to be prepared to drink this just vile, toxic, just sewage water or whatever, you know, like whatever the, the like however bad it tastes, I'm prepared. I'm prepared for the horribleness of it. So they called me up. I was the first one to go up and sit down and drink. And the first night, the first ceremony, you know, this is the great thing about the Temple of the Way of Light is they, they really take care of you. They really do. And so they gave us a, a shot glass size, like kind of a small introduction to the ayahuasca. This is the first night. This will be the introduction. So I take the shot and I drink it down in, I think, one gulp. And I remember going, oh, that's not bad. Huh. That's actually really not bad. Huh. I think I could, I'm going to be okay. Like I could, I could drink this. There's no problem. Wow. That was great. That wasn't bad at all. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> yeah. The more and more you drink, the more and more you dread drinking it. The taste, I don't know, something happens in your mind. It's just, I remember by the fifth, fourth and fifth ceremony, I was like, I, like just drinking, like the thought of just drinking it was like making me nauseous almost to the point I was throwing up. But that first night I was like, cool. Yeah, totally dude. Let's do this. So like what we were instructed to do, and you know, the reason why we were there. And like I said, like the, the purpose of being there, the, was the, the ayahuasca healing with the integration aspect, um, into it. So we had been instructed to kind of 
come up with these intentions that we would want for, for the ceremony. So like, you know, why are you, why are you here, Mike? And then I told my reason why I was here. So for me, it was like, okay, well, my intention is like, I, I, I want to find out some kind of meaning in my life, some kind of purpose, some kind of, you know, I want to have some kind of uh, better understanding of like where my anger and like my ADD and depression comes from. So I can, you know, because I want, like, I think a lot of pe people have a misconception that you just drink ayahuasca and then all of a sudden just magically you're just like, oh, I'm not depressed anymore. Or like, oh, I'm not, you know, crazy anymore. Or like, oh, I don't want to kill people anymore. It's like, it's not like a magic potion. And, you know, people talk about like, you know, friends have asked me like, well, did you, did you puke? Was like, did you get sick? And it's not, that's not necessarily the right kind of like context. It's yes, you, you will purge, but that's a necessary component of it. Yes, you will have challenging experiences, but they're not bad trips. It's a different kind of way of understanding this and something that I kind of learned you know, from being there and from experiencing it. And I think that's really the only way. I mean, if you're curious about this at all, like at all, and you want to experience it, I mean, learning about it and finding out about it from other people is not enough. You got to go and experience it for yourself. And I think that everybody could benefit from this sort of thing. Everybody could benefit from it. So the first night, my intention was, uh, I think it was like, um, show me why I, I am here or, or something like that. Um, so it, it was just a small dose and we got like an introduction and, um, I had, uh, I had seen like, you know, I had seen some, some visions, but the, the interesting thing was I felt a very like mild effect the first night. And I think I remember talking to some people and like the next day and they were like, Hey, did you get high last night or, or what? And I was just like, no, I didn't, I, didn't, I wouldn't really categorize it in that way. But I did, uh, have, I did have like a, an effect. I did have an experience. So I got a little bit um, out of the first ceremony. I, I think I, I got a, a good sense of, uh, of the healing effects and, and the, the nature of the ayahuasca. You know, it's, it's, like not, it's not like mushrooms, but like I feel like if I were to describe it like something, the closest relative would be mushrooms. And I believe that psilocybin mushrooms uh, and dimethyltryptamine the molecules are very similar uh, i remember seeing that somewhere like arrowhead or, or something like that so it felt kind of the it felt very similar to that but not quite it was you know same same but different <laughs> so it's pretty cool the first ceremony um opened up and it's amazing how it opens up. So I go up, I drink, and I go back to my mat, and I sit in the lotus position, you know, yoga kind of position, and I'm and I'm sitting there, and I watch the next person go, and then the next person go, and 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 everybody goes, everybody goes up and drink, and after everybody drinks, they remove all the lighting from the room, all the kerosene lanterns are picked up by the guy who guards the door, who if you need to use the bathroom, you let him know, and he you know he kind of make sure that everybody's okay and they get to be guided to where they need to be guided to. So they remove all the lanterns from the room and now we're just sitting around in a pitch black, dark Maloka waiting. 
And the shamans, they smoke tobacco. And tobacco is a very revered and respected uh, plant. And the kind of tobacco they smoke is nicotine rustica. It's a different kind of tobacco. It's called mupacho. And I love this stuff. I was smoking it a ton down there. Um, but consciously smoking it, it's a very like, they, they, the way that they describe it is that the tobacco plant has like a, it's a very powerful plant. And there's, from my understanding, there's even ceremonies that are conducted that are just specifically focused on the tobacco plant. It's a, it's a spiritual protector um, and energy, and that's how they, they see it. And that's how I saw it too. It was really nice. It was very nice. So the shamans will sit there in the center. They smoke tobacco, and they drink the ayahuasca as well. And, and they wait, you know, because it takes about 45 minutes or so for most people for this stuff to kick in. So around 45 minutes, all of a sudden you just hear this like subtle, like, and they just kind of, it's, they, you know, it's like they're just starting to kind of get going. They're, they're warming up and they all start singing together in the group. They start singing the Icaros together and it's beautiful. I mean, it's just like you got the two men and the three women and they're all singing in harmony together, but also separate kind of sounding songs and, you know, baritone and falsetto. And it's all just uh, very like the, 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 the design of the Maloka is very like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like attuned or, 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 you know, acoustically sounded it, it, it captured the sound very well. It was like a booming, nice, soothing sound. And then after they sing together, they split up. And they go and they sing to each person individually. And like I said before, they view the Icaros as a healing, spiritual healing song. Uh, the Icaros is the song. They get the information of how to sing this song from the plant. The plant tells them where, you know, how to sing this song and teaches them. And then they take that song and they sing it to us with the intention of, of healing us for the ailments of, that we've came there for. Now, all this stuff is before I was going the two weeks or, or whatever before, as I mentioned in the last episode, I was like, what is this shit? You know, like, I don't, I don't believe in this like spirit energy stuff. Well, I fucking felt it there. It was powerful, very powerful. And the first, I think, yeah, as soon as they split off of the group and went to go sing to people individually, I got the first one shaman that came up to me and I was like, I know who this is. Like I just knew it was pitch black, but I just knew I had some kind of energy connection feeling. I was like, I know this is the same maestra that I was sitting next to. And the one that greeted me, the first one that greeted me when I walked in and she sang just a really nice, beautiful Icaros. And, uh, it kind of felt like a lullaby almost like a, like a baby, you know, something that you would sing to like a baby, like a lullaby. But, it was very powerful. And so the first ceremony lasted till about maybe 3 a.m. So from like 8 p.m. to 3 a.m. or 3.30 a.m. So it was really just a nice ceremony. It was a good introduction. It, I felt like, okay, like, you know, I didn't get like a full like sledgehammer to the soul, but I feel like that's coming, you know, like that'll be there where that we have five ceremonies. So it'll be there. It'll happen. So there was a really nice introduction. So 
the next day we we wake up and uh, we have the regular schedule. We go to the Maestro's Casa for plant remedies. Uh, we had we told them kind of what was ailing us, you know, my neck, my shoulder, my stomach, you know, the things. So they prescribed us like different kind of tonics and elixirs, and we went there and we would get uh, healed by them. And you know they, they would just give us like the next come up and then okay mike here okay turmeric ginger okay honey okay and then oh you got a massage today so you go get a massage it was great so we got a massage and then we had you know breakfast after that breakfast was great and then we would do group processing so we would all meet in the maloka and we would share our experience of what happened um in our first ceremony and someone opened up and they were great they shared you know the beautiful amazing share and it was awesome it was just so cool to see people like sitting around you know just like really just putting their ego aside putting their putting everything aside and just really opening up and just speaking truthfully and honestly about really deep you know personal stuff and we were all just that's like you know that's why i say it was like going to war you know we were like soldiers at war like we we were like bonding over this kind of stuff and we were really with each other it was great it was really cool after we did the group sharing we would do this thing where we had every day we'd have flower baths incredible we'd all line up and the shamans would bathe us with flower water they'd pour these giant buckets of flower water all over us with real fresh chopped up flowers in there it smelled delicious <laughs> And so then um, we would dry. We had to dry off by the sun because you want to keep the flower. And then we would have lunch and then yada, yada, yada. You know, just really just a very nice, peaceful time. And I think there was a yoga class you can go to. People went to the yoga and yoga instructor was amazing. Just a great yoga instructor. And I never do yoga. I had never, but I tried and I thought it was pretty cool actually. I mean, I don't know if I'll stick with it, but I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, I, I, th I could do it every now and then, I think. I think it was, there's a lot to be explored in that realm. So then we take, you know, we took a break. There was a break that day. We didn't have another ceremony. So then the second ceremony was the day after. So this whole time, you know, we're processing, we're sharing. Not only are we processing the, the stuff that we that happened to us in the group, but we're processing it like on our own individually. Like we would be at breakfast or at lunch and I'd be, you know, I connected with everybody that was there, but I think there were certain people that we, that I connected with and, and same thing goes for other people. I think just certain people connected with certain people. So we would sit together at, um, at breakfast and at lunch and stuff. And I tried to kind of like mix it up and, and hang out with everyone. Cause I was really interested in everybody's story. I mean, there were so many phenomenal, just amazing people there. And, uh, so we would sit and, and we would share and we would just talk about like what are, you know, further into our experiences and then what we thought about them and what, you know, what every person thought about them and stuff like that. And, uh, and then we would tell, you know, we would go off on tangents from the, these stories that we were sharing to, oh, and then this one time I had this other experience and it was like this and, you know, maybe one day I'll, I'll do more stories about this stuff. Cause I have a lot of stories about you know, doing LSD in Thailand and, you know, in the jungle and riding out on a motorcycle and all this kind of cool stuff. So we were telling these stories to each other and it was really cool. It was just a good group of people and everybody felt really like 
at one with the nature that we were in and the and, and everything. It was really peaceful. It was very harmonious and it was really cool. It was just really fucking cool. And um, it was something. It was like uh, definitely a once in a lifetime experience for me. I'd never been in a situation like that. And I, you know, I, I have a tendency to be kind of cynical and kind of negative and just kind of condescending and angry and frustrated. All that kind of like went away. I was just very not, I, I wasn't like that when I was there. It was just good conditions to really foster like a positive environment. Like I said before, I mean, I could go into more about how much the temple was just an unbelievable place, magical place. Anyway, so that day goes and go to bed and just awesome to sleep in the jungle, just in the dense, deep in the Peruvian Amazon. The sounds of the jungle is just awesome. And I remember someone saying like, oh, yeah, that's right. Some people were talking about like what they were worried about and stuff like that, animals or this or that or snakes or something. And I had, you know, I'm just like, nah, we're pretty protected here. You know, they have a security force that's that's around the perimeter i felt pretty pretty safe pretty protected but one thing is the doors open inwards so i remember thinking about that i was like oh yeah the door opens inwards to my tambo i was like what if like a jaguar just like jumps on the door comes into my room and just tears me to shreds i was like that's actually a serious concern they should make those doors open outward just saying temple come on babe come on what are you doing (laughs) anyway so that was great wake up in the morning feeling refreshed ready to go ceremony two let's do this 8 p.m the next day in the maloka ready to go i don't go to drink first somebody else goes to drink first they switch it up every night i get up there there's two options there's the glass that we had originally the first night and then there's a bigger glass oh okay you're letting it out. We're going we're gonna to get to really explore this uh, luminous consciousness. We're really going to go deep here. So I said, okay, give me that one. I want to go up. I want to go deeper. So they gave me the, the bigger one. And I went back to my mat. And I waited 45 minutes. Now, this time when it kicked in, it kicked in nicely. Ayahuasca made its presence known. I was loving it. It and I and I learned that it does this. That you know this this is kind of the way. At least for me, this was the way. So the come on would kind of almost like be this kind of rattlesnake noise, like this kind of sound. And then you would hear like you know you would just you would see like a I, I would get these intense psychedelic visual patterns like a kaleidoscope of colors and just this three-dimensional you know virtual space just moving and geometric patterns and you know just like almost like a serpentine motions and i felt maybe a presence there an eye you know eyes some kind of possibly female but not really gender specific entity and just bursting with color kaleidoscopy and just amazing and it's like this dance that ayahuasca does it like shows you like look at what i can do like look at what i can create basically and it does this cool crazy like psychedelic awesome introduction and then that kind of subsides and then the real like the real stuff happens then you start getting the visions then you start getting the reason why you're there and then sometimes for some people you uh turn into an animal. 
sometimes for some people, you uh, just become a blue coyote. Yeah. So ceremony number two, I turned into a blue coyote. And we will continue with this story on the next episode of Mikeadelic. Peace. Thank you.